morning, everyone. Good. Good morning, everyone. Seat. We'll go. Um, an eventful day, as always. We we've learned some things today in our young church here. We need to figure out our backup plan if Travis is unavailable. I think we've learning that. Wood with us and his wife Diana. We wanted to set these up to multiple people and to get some different viewpoints for this heritage that you could have some thoughts as we start putting this thing together. We're going to put an eldership together here. We wanted to get somebody besides Memorial Road person, and then we reached out to somebody from Oakdale who's a recent church plant in Memorial Road and a recent startup church. And we'd like to just get some thoughts of what you guys did and how did you go about having an eldership. The name immediately came back, you got to talk to Phil. And I said, I'd love to talk to Phil. I like talking to Phil. That'd be great. I reached out. Happy to do that. Then I said, no. Oh, and you get to create your own lesson. Typically, when you ask somebody to teach you, hand them a lesson. I said, no, just create your own lesson. But you've been through this, and you'll know what you want to say. So I appreciate Phil taking some time to do that and his wife, Diana. I'm fortunate. I've known the Wood family for a while. Turned for me way back in the day at Sonic, and I've always been a, I've always been one of these people. I look at people, then I look at their kids, and I think you get a really good judge of the family. If that judge of Phil and Diana, I was fortunate to, to spend some time with their family and to spend some time with Candace through the summer. And she is a great individual. She attends here every night. Well, I shouldn't say attends. Shows up here every now and then. She visits here from time to time. As they're her and her um, So if you see them, you may have some connection that her dad was here at one point. <laughs> Again, we're thrilled to have somebody from Oakdale here. Uh, Phil was an elder at Memorial Road. He made the jump over to Oakdale. Um, I talked to Diana. I said, why did you guys do this? She said, I don't know if there was any reason. It just kind of seemed like a challenge, and it was a little smaller. It was something to do, which may resonate with some of you while you're here this morning. So again, Phil, we're looking forward to you kind of talking just a little bit from your viewpoint. Again, you came from Memorial Road, the big church. You went to a smaller church that didn't have elders when you got there, something like us right now, and kind of go through the process. So it'll be interesting to see what you have to say this morning and what you can kind of help us with. So Phil, look forward to listening to you. with it. Very good. So now I'm on. Good morning. How's everybody? Good. I appreciate being here. Appreciate the invitation. So uh, they asked me to speak on, let's see if I'm smart enough to work slides. Yeah. What it's like to be an elder at a church plant. But before we get into that, I want to hear from y'all. In fact, I want to hear from y'all a lot today. So be ready. Okay. This is not a lecture. I'm not good at lecturing. Well, I probably am, but I'm, I'm going to try not to. Uh, so y'all have had several speakers, right? I think your first one, as I recall, I saw the list, was uh, somebody talking about the book. They smell like sheep, right? So what did y'all hear that Sunday? That's been three or four Sundays. I, I'm really challenging your memory, I know. Anybody remember anything? I wasn't here, so you can tell me anything. The concepts, remember the concepts. The relationship between the shepherd and the sheep, how he okay. knows them, he knows them by name. Okay. He cares for them. 
Okay, they said, in case you couldn't hear, that the shepherd knows the sheep and cares for them, looks after them, and loves them, right? Yeah. What else? I mean, that's the shepherd is used a lot in, in the Bible, right? In fact, a lot of people will introduce me as a shepherd of the church instead of an elder, right? So what else did you hear that Sunday? Or what, and then uh, I think Phil Bookman spoke last Sunday, was it? I, I, he's been an elder at Memorial Road for years, and I assume he talked about just being an elder, I think. And I think you've had another speaker or two. I can see the list on the email, but I forgot what they were. Who remembers? <laughs> I know, it's tough. Dan yeah, Dan Wall spoke. Yeah, what Dan talk about? I could look at the list and see, but I think I think maybe one of the talks was just on being an elder or choosing elders or something, right? So what what have you heard so far about eldership? Who's wanna who wants to be brave and talk about that? People are messy. People are messy. Yes. You know, I and well, I'm sorry. That's someone I yes. And people are messy. We're going to talk about that some today. And as an elder, you learn a lot about people's lives more more sometimes than you kind of wish you knew, or more than you ever thought you would. And that's good because people are willing to share and you're trying to help them, but it is messy. It really is, whether you're at a church plant or not. So um, I will tell you briefly a little bit of my background, and, and Chris alluded to it, but uh, we were at Memorial Road for years, and they asked me to be an elder, and I was like, me? You want me to be an elder? And... So uh, I forgot what year became an elder. I want to say, oh, five or six, something like that. Um, and then Oakdale started in 2009, started meeting in, a, and I don't know if you know the history of Oakdale, but some, some people went to the elders at Memorial Road and said, we would like to start a church. And if you know where the Oakdale community is, it's at Hefner, east of I-35, so kind of northeast Oklahoma City. They said, we, we live out there and we think it's ripe for a church. So we'd like to start a church. And they, they started meeting in the Memorial Road building. And some of this may sound familiar. And then they uh, uh, gradually uh, went to the school. I forgot what year, but the church officially began in 09. But we weren't there. We were still at Memorial Road. And for a lot of reasons, we decided uh, to go, and I forgot what year, Diane, I don't know if you remember, but it's been seven, eight years ago or so, we went, but it was after they had started. And we didn't have elders, and we had a kind of a leadership team, and they asked me to be on that, uh, and then we gradually picked elders. So, with that, we will go to what it's like to be at, whoop, whoop. it is messy. It, it, when I think of what it's like to be an elder, but even more so at a church plant, it, it's much more so, I think, at a church plant. And, and to be honest, when they asked me to speak about what it's like to be an elder at a church plant, I never really pondered that. I really hadn't. And so I sat down and thought, well, what is it like to be an elder at a church plant? What did we know? What did we not know? So basically, I'm not sharing any groundbreaking information with you today. I'm not sharing any earth-shattering things with you. I just thought, what are the things that we knew and didn't know starting a church? Lots of people, as we said. Lots of various types of people, just like you all. 
And I have never really thought about this concept until now, or at least very deeply. When you go to any other church, most of us have moved around the country and been to churches that are already established. They have established ways of doing things, right? But when you start a brand new church, it's like a blank slate, right? Which is kind of good and kind of bad. So I want to read Matthew 11. This may seem like an interesting scripture to read when you talk about a church plant, but I'll tell you a little bit about it afterwards. Matthew 11:28. Jesus is talking about rest for the weary. Matthew 28, uh, Matthew 11, verse 28. Come to me, all you are weary and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. You ever thought about that word? We think of rest, we think of physical rest, don't we? Rest for our souls. You ever thought about that? For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I love that scripture in lots of ways, but at Oakdale, and, and I think every church in the universe of any type, any denomination, believes that their church should be for the hurting and the weary and the, and the burdened, right? But I'm convinced that not every church is. Why would I say that? What, why, what do you think is the characteristic of a church that's not really for the weary or for the burdened or for the downtrodden? What do you think that looks like in a church? They have a sign on the front door? Yes, ma'am? Okay, she said a lot of criticism and unrest going on. What else? Let me ask you a question related to this. Have you ever been in any group, I don't care any group, Kiwanis Club, you name it, that you felt out of place? You ever been there? I think almost all of us have been there, right? Have you ever been in a church that you felt out of place? I have. And I'm a pretty comfortable, outgoing guy. And I've been in a lot of churches that I just didn't... Why, why do you think I felt that way? Or why have you felt that way in, in any group? Kiwanis Club, Country Club, Business, Church? What? Was there a sign on the door? Welcome here? No? So why did I feel that way? Or why did you? Yes, ma'am? Because some people just don't want Okay. Okay. She said if, if, if you come in and they don't want the boat rocked and maybe you're rocking the boat, then they're like, eh. Yes, ma'am? repeat that. She said a lot of us say, how are you today? A church doesn't really want to know, doesn't really want to know, right? 
Oh, good. And and what are the, a church that doesn't want to hear about your hurts, what do they want your answer to be when you say, how are you today? Yeah, they want you to say, I'm awesome. We're not all awesome, are we? I won't ask for a show of hands, but how many of us have never had a single problem in our lives? In fact, there's a, there's a guarantee in the Bible. I think this is scary. It says, in this world, you will have trouble. It doesn't say you might, some of you will. No, you will. So, Oakdale believes and hopefully acts some like, yes? Oh, actually, I have an oh, answer to your question. Yeah, I'm sorry, go right ahead. Absolutely. Um, so the, you know, the rituals and the traditions and just you know all the in-group stuff that this culture is mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And so it's when you're an outsider, you don't know these things. No. And it's very easy to feel excluded almost immediately. Yes. So. Yeah. Y'all hear what he said? Every church, whether you've been here for a minute or a hundred years, has a culture. So does businesses. So does Kiwanis clubs. It doesn't matter. You've got this. And we're going to talk about this some. you kind of got these rules and unwritten rules. And when you're brand new, and by the way, people that come into a church of Christ for the very first time, there's a lot of that, right? What is this communion stuff? And where's the piano? And, you know, all that, right? And, but to us, it's second nature. So, and, and I will also challenge us as any church, I think, I'll probably step on some of our toes, but I think some of us in churches want us to all look kind of alike and be about the same and be about the same socioeconomic background and same religious background and same educational background because why? That's comfortable, right? And that's not a bad thing. Comfort's not a bad thing. But when people are different than us, it's like, it's hard, right? So, at Oakdale, uh, going back to our church, uh, when we first started there, one of the draws to me is they told us, Phil, you are needed here. That everybody is young. And we started visiting over there. What I said was half the church was shorter than this. <laughs> and they were. It was amazing. <laughs> Little ones, which is awesome. And we'll talk about that. But like the great-grandparent over there. It was like everybody was looked like, of course, you get old and they all look younger, but every, every, they were probably all less than, not all, but many, vast majority were less than 30 to 35, and a lot of them were college and newlyweds, which is awesome, but advantages and disadvantages, right? So speaking of that, what are the advantages of having lots and lots of young, really young people? It is lively and energetic. Woo, Oakdale's like... Yeah, what else? What are the disadvantages? Any? You need lots of things for the kids. You need lots of activities for kids. Inexperience. Inexperience. You know, I've been a manager at work forever, and I, I try to tell young people about experience but you, it is so difficult to tell them what that's like and after I've been in the same business for 40 something years consulting engineering and I've learned a lot but it's hard to just set somebody down and say here's what I learned in 40 years it's impossible basically right 
and, and there's some things that you just can't really replace without some years, or it's very difficult. Well, so how to mesh all the new sheep? You're all thrown together. You weren't thrown together, but you all showed up here the first Sunday, and it's like some of you you knew might have been your best friend. Some of you never seen. Some of you your age. Some of you were 40 years older, 40 years younger. Some of you have PhDs. Some of you maybe got out of high school. It's just eclectic, right? And there's nothing wrong with that, and certainly Oakdale was that way. But how do you do that as an elder? How do you do that as a leadership? How do you... Because we want to be a family. We talk a lot about being a family, right? By the way, we like to say at Oakdale, just like in your church and just like in your physical family, we're not all super good fits even in our physical family, are we? We're a lot of differences. And it's the same way at church, which I would say is good. Now, I put this point up there with a little bit of trepidation. And I thought a lot about this. Falling through the cracks. What does that mean? Somebody tell me, how do you describe that? What does that mean? We attended and nobody reached out to us. We attended and nobody reached I had somebody tell me recently, it broke my heart. But it's true because I've been there. They visited several churches and I might as well have been invisible. Does that break your heart? At church. I could get on my soapbox for this for four hours, but you go to a Kiwanis meeting or a Chamber of Commerce meeting or whatever it is, people will come up to you generally and say, oh, I haven't met you before. But you can literally go in a church. People go, eh, I don't know him, so I'm not going to speak to him. Somebody else? Kind of a combination of the two things that the last bullet points is that um, in our experience, a couple of different church plants in history, one of the rules that we kept in mind was from 1 Corinthians 12, 28, it talks about God placed the members in the body according to his desire. Yeah. And one of, in working with my eldership, our question is, this person is visiting, this person is a new member. What, what, what is God bringing to us? Okay. Instead of looking at how does this person fit to our predetermined plan yeah. that we set six months ago in a meeting, God has surprised us with this incredible talent, uh -huh. and maybe we need to modify our plan because God is at work here. And a lot of the reasons people fall through the cracks is because they don't have a sense of belonging. Yeah. You know, God has led me through this journey in the last 20, 25 years and learned all of these things, and these people don't even care. Yeah. If they care, they would ask them, yeah. what do you bring to this, to this body? Or at least say, hello, how are you? And by the way, y'all did a great job of greeting us. I think we were greeted four times before we got in the building, which is fantastic. So I can't repeat everything he had. He had a lot to say, but he's talked about in 1 Corinthians 12 that the Bible says people are brought to you, and he said, we've got this idea of what we want. And I'll pick on Edmund for a minute. Edmund is a relatively wealthy community. And I think, unfortunately, we have this idea of what people ought to be and look like, right? And it doesn't just go for Edmund. It's everywhere. It's poor. It's wealthy. Because a relatively poor church, you come in, if you look like you got money, you might kind of get the same, you know. And he was saying, 
Instead of our preconceived notion of what people ought to look like, maybe we need to change our notion or break that notion and accept them all, right? So is it good or bad to have all these different kinds of people? Good? Why? It's good, but it's hard. Why is it good and why is it hard? I believe it's good because you need... Bob and I were part of a church plan mm -hmm. that had a whole bunch of people that were alike, but no older people for wisdom, leadership, okay. um, experience. Okay. And we fell flat eventually okay. because we didn't have that. Mm -hmm. However, we had lots of young people, you know, mm -hmm. and that was great. But yeah. you need both. Because okay. they balance each other out and okay. learn from each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's it's good and it's bad because yeah. it's hard to yeah. It's hard to do, but it's very okay. important. Y'all hear? She said it's it's good because you need a lot of balance. You need older people, younger people, and even different backgrounds, right? Yes. I mean, my mother took me to church literally when I was three days old for the first time at Church of Christ. Some people may have shown up 60 years old and first time in the Church of Christ. Is that bad? No, it's awesome. And, and we need all of them, right? And by the way, there's another soapbox of mine. Any group that you're in, if you don't feel very comfortable, you're not going to keep coming, are you? Whether it's uncomfortable because of the way you dress or look or education or just that nobody's talking to you. I don't think it happens here, but in some churches you could show up Sunday after Sunday after Sunday and nobody talk to you. I don't care who you are, you're probably not going to keep coming. And unfortunately it happens. So lots of people, lots of unknowns when I think about a church plan and being an elder. And I never really thought about this. Unknowns. So when you start a brand new anything, brand new company, brand new club, Brand new church. What, what do you have that's known? Almost nothing at the start, right? You come up with some stuff. So I think of a scripture in Matthew 4 about that. And I thought, and what made me think of this, I thought, who in the Bible had some unknowns? Ever thought about that? Matthew 4 Starting in verse 18, think about the unknowns here. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake. That was their job, so they were at their job fishing, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. They didn't say, uh, I need to see your constitution and your agenda and your, you know, blah, 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 blah. Going on from there, he saw two of Zebedee and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee preparing their nets. Jesus called them and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Wow. What about unknowns? They had heard of him, maybe heard him talk and heard about him, and he walks along the shore and says, Isn't that astounding? That always is just amazing. But think of the unknowns they had. Where are we going? How long are we going to be? Why? What are we doing? So, when you start a church, 
or anything. You got a blank slate. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Yes, ma'am. didn't have these written, and we're going to talk in a minute about written and unwritten rules. They didn't have that, right? If y'all didn't hear, she talked about being on the mission field, starting a new church, and not only you have this blank slate and all kinds of people coming in, you didn't have an elder from, you know, the church plant to come in and help you, right? So we had a lot of guests coming to check us out. Sounds like you have too, right? And, and I'm not, by the way, I'm not making any of these points to say they're good or bad. I'm just making points that, to answer the question, what's it like to be an elder at a church plant? And there's just, in this case, lots of unknowns. And the guests come. And by the way, we've also found, and this is probably any church, somebody comes, visits two or three Sundays, and we want to place membership. You been through that yet? I'll tell you a very quick story. One of the elders... Uh, was at a church in Texas, and a couple was visiting, been visiting a while, several Sundays, place membership. They, uh, they were married, they said. They placed membership, they'd been there a while, and someone discovered they were married, but they were married to other people. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it just highlights that when people place membership, what do you do, right? And that's any church, really. Right? When can we get a building? Do y'all have a definite date that you're going to move into that building? I'm going to guess not. <laughs> and we were the same way. By the way, I don't know if you know our story. It's pretty interesting, but we, uh, we're going to talk in a minute about fundraising. But we, in 09, we started meeting in the church. I mean, school. And we had church, but we were in a school, just like y'all. We were in Oakdale School. And so we were like, okay, how long can we do this? How long should we do this? And again, lots of unknowns, right? If you like everything very structured and knowing what tomorrow's going to bring, I'm going to guess Church Planet Heritage is maybe not your place, right? So, you ever thought about that? They are blessing you and allowing you to use the building. And that occurred to me. At Oakdale, fortunately, we had some people that lived in the community, knew the, knew the superintendent, and regularly asked him, everything okay? We're doing all right? We're doing what you want? How long should we stay in the school? Anybody ask that question yet? You don't have to raise your hand, but you can if you want to. How many have said, we should stay in the school forever? I had a couple of people tell me, Phil, 
I'm not not really for this building thing. We 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 should stay here. It's a lot cheaper. And we had people in between, and then we had some people going. If I have to put up chairs and fold <laughs> chair one more time, I'm out. Right? And I think we probably had some people leave our church because they go, you know, we've been in the school for years. I, yeah, you know, they didn't say that, but I kind of, and you know, classes for kids are hard. You can't have your permanent stuff. It's hard. Lots of, it's exciting, but hard, right? Any thoughts there? <laughs> we, we at least had but every Sunday we had to put, I don't know if y'all do we had to put up and store them. that was a big deal and the electronics all had to be out and then put away so so question boy I was in on that one and how money. I'm an engineer. We just, you know, design things with numbers and none of the numbers have to do with money hardly. Uh, but how do we raise money? How do you go about doing this? And boy, that was an unknown. And how much money can we raise? And how much is enough? I got on your website last night and I saw some stuff about the building and estimated budget and you've raised some money and, you know, what are you going to do? But is some of that or all of that unknown? Yeah. It is. And again, unknowns can be exciting. You ever been a part of a brand new company? You walked in on Monday, it was the first day the company was open. It's exciting. Most of us have changed jobs though, right? It's kind of a new job is exciting. Kind of a blank slate again, but again, pros and cons to everything. So we have lots of questions as, as a leadership or an eldership. How do we run a business meeting? Who runs it? How do you run an elders meeting? Again, if you think about Memorial Road, y'all are a church plant. They've been there for, I don't know, 60 years, 70 years, whatever it is. And Chris can attest, the elders have a very structured way of doing it. They've got 24, 26 elders, whatever it is. You got and it is structured. I mean, boom, 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 boom. And it needs to be. But you walk into that, it's all, it's all set. But again, you walk into a church plan, it's like, the Bible doesn't say a week. I don't think it's in Matthew anywhere. How do we do stuff? You know what, when I started, again, when, when I started thinking about what they asked me to think about, I thought, what were the unknowns? <laughs> Tons of them. Do we give them raises? I've been a manager at work forever, so I know all about the business world and money and raises and fair pay and all that, but I didn't have a clue, literally, how much you paid a preacher, how much raise you gave him, the whole thing. Marriage problems. Nobody likes to talk about that one, but how do you handle that? Every church struggles with it, but again, at Memorial Road, when I became an elder, I was probably, I don't know what I was, 50, 55, early 50s. We had people there that have been elders for 20 years. They kind of at least had some thoughts on what to do and how to do it and who to do it with. But when you're new and issues come up, 
who do you approach? Are you supposed to find out who's wrong or not? You know, I'm not going to answer these questions, and there's no good answer to those questions. But do you meet with just one and then the other one? Do you meet with them together? All those things come up. These are real issues. Benevolence requests. I don't know if y'all have had these. I don't know if it's the nature of who we were or how we were or where we were, but we had quite a bit of benevolence requests. Pretty substantial at times. You know, how do you do that? How much money do you give people? And again, Memorial Road has got kind of some framework. And some people have done this. They've kind of got parameters. Let me ask you a question. Do you think Memorial Road has any, has any rules, for lack of a better term, written down? They do. I didn't really know this until I became an elder. There are rules about who can use the church building and how. I didn't know this. There's rules about, I say rules, at least guidance and recommendations, but they're written about instruments in the building. You know, again, and I'm sure there's some stuff about benevolence and other things, which, good, bad, you could argue both ways. You could say, well, it's bad, you know, because I can't make any changes or I might want to rock the boat, right? To your point. I'm like, I don't like the way you're doing it. So, and lots of people of varying opinions. Have you ever talked to anybody that didn't see exactly like you see on the subject? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's an interesting dynamic in a church plan. Because I think some people came, maybe most of us, maybe all of us came thinking, okay, it's a blank slate. It's a new church. I can help establish all these rules and unwritten rules. I didn't see a lot of that at Oakdale, but I think there were some that thought they wanted to weigh in. And I would say maybe some of us were more free to express an opinion at an Oakdale church as opposed to Memorial Road Church that's been set, they've been doing things, this is the way they do it, kind of thing. Because if Phil came into Memorial Road and said, you know, I don't really like the way y'all are doing this. Is there another way we could do it? They might listen, but still, it's kind of like, huh? Right? But I think in a brand new church, you're meeting in a school, you got a lot of decisions to make. How much money are you going to raise? How are you going to raise money? How big a building to build? Whether you build or not? Do you think there's any varying opinions in this room on those four or five topics that I just gave? And by the way, let me ask another more important question than that. Is there something wrong with people having a different opinion from you on how to raise money, how much money to raise, whether to get a loan or not, pay cash, build a building or not? Is, there, is it wrong to have different opinions? Diana says yes. As long as you agree with her. Yeah. You're welcome to your own opinion and you're just going to be wrong, right? You're welcome to be wrong. So, especially on something as important as getting million dollar loan, right? Now we're getting down to the heart of the matter, right, Chris? Or building a $4 million building versus a $6 million versus a $1 million. That's a lot of opinions. Got to be a lot of grace, a lot of grace. So, again, very little structure. 
Do you think there's any unwritten rules at Memorial Road? <laughs> what would some of those be? Be kind to other people. Kind to other people? This is, nobody wants to answer this one. What would some unwritten rules at Memorial Road be? Or the church you came from? Or a church you've been a part of? Any unwritten rules? Starbucks should not be in the uh, auditorium. Starbucks should not be in the auditorium. No, yeah. Someone may have told my wife you shouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On the way in. I think you should have lots of coffee, Tammy. That's my rule. Um, I've got mine up here. Have you ever thought about unwritten rules at a church? Most of us don't really think about that, but they're there. Part of it is ways of doing things. We attended a church that basically, it wasn't a rule, but you knew you were supposed to dress up for church. Okay. And that's been in the past, so it may have changed, but if you didn't, you felt real out of place and, and like you'd broken a rule. Right. It's an unwritten rule, but if I came in here this morning to teach class in shorts and flip-flops and a tank top, there's no rule that says I can't, right? But is it kind of an unwritten rule that at least the guy teaching the class needs to have pants on? <laughs> or a shirt on? There's unwritten rules at any group, and the longer you've been there, I will submit to you the more unwritten rules there are. But at a new church, and again, unwritten rules, written rules, you've got a blank slate. Budgets. You ever thought about that? You start a new church? And maybe y'all were ahead of us. And I, I sense y'all were a little more organized than we were. Maybe even still are in some ways. But budgets. Do you need one? How do you do one? <laughs> yes. We're going to us out because we need it. Tammy's the money lady, if you don't know. Uh, yes, you do need a budget. How do you do it? How often do you update it? How do you gather it? How do you track it? I'm an engineer, although I've done a lot of budgeting and accounting stuff in my life, but not for a church. Again, for meetings, what do they look like? We didn't have structure established. How do we pick elders? When is the right time? How do you know? I don't really know how we knew necessarily. I think we just felt it. Felt it's probably time to begin thinking about it. Yes, sir, Chris? How many? And we were asked that, and I tell you, we were blessed or cursed, depending on how you want to look at it. At Oakdale, when we were selecting elders, there were probably only three or four that, again, were of what I would consider eldership age. So we, we picked three. Uh, and uh, so, but that's really the, the case. But yes, and how you pick elders. I don't know if you know, speaking of unwritten rules or maybe written rules, in the Bible it doesn't say how to pick elders, does it, Chris? It doesn't say how many either. And so as a church plant, again, wide open. Do you vote? Does the leadership group just say this is who you are? Chris is old and wise, so he just picks. So I don't, Again, these are all questions. 
And before you have elders, who makes all these decisions now? Because there's decisions to be made, are there not, in this building? And in this congregation, and benevolence requests, and marriage issues, and family issues, and people issues? Who does all that, right? Again, a lot of questions. Most of us as leaders and people at the church, it's probably the case of y'all have never been a part of a new church. Sounds like you have in the mission field, but most of us hadn't been around a new church, right? And most of our leaders hadn't even really been leaders. Some of them may be in business, but boy, I can tell you leading a church and leading a business is different. There are some similarities, and I think a lot of business things like budgets uh, need to be there. And, uh, and, but there's a lot that's not. Because most of the people in a church are volunteers, right? And in a business, in a way, they are, but you've got a little more weight because you're paying them, right? And most of us were new at leading a congregation. And when we became shepherds, I had been an elder at Memorial Road, so I had a little bit of experience. I didn't feel like a ton of being an elder and leading, but the others were never been elders before. What do we do? What do, what do we do with these smelly sheep, right? So in closing, there were many blessings for us and have continued to be uh, as, as a church plan. There's a lot of blessings I could list, but we made, we made a lot of new friends. And for Diana and I, we've made a lot of young friends that are really our kids' ages. And we've, in essence, adopted a lot of them that uh, maybe didn't have family here, neither one of their parents are here, and, and it's been a real blessing to have people that kind of look up to us and we love them like kids. And that, that is a true blessing. Uh, we'll, and I think at, at Oakdale, we've helped a lot of people that need help. And when you think of help, you think of money and some of that. But I think we've helped just a lot of people that need lots of other help. Support and comfort and strength and guidance and just somebody. You know, the older I get, I have become convinced of one thing. Most every human in the world wants one thing. They want other things too, but I think at the top of their list is to know somebody cares. You ever thought about that? I think it's really that simple. Most of us just want to know somebody cares and how terrifying it is when you feel like nobody cares. We've embraced a lot that we're seeking. We've got people at Oakdale that some have come and gone. They were seeking and came, and we've not been able to keep them. So I'll close with a story. So one of the great blessings for me was Dinah and I, we, we have small groups. We used, to, we used to have the creative, innovative name of our small groups, and we called them small groups. <laughs> it's like... We can't come up with any other name. And, and so, uh, but now we call them e-groups. But anyway, it stands for equip and all that. But, uh, but we had one in our home, and it was every Wednesday night. And again, lots of young people, uh, college age, just out of college, dating, some newlyweds and various ones. And we just got to know them really well, got to love them. Hopefully I can tell the story without getting emotional. So one Sunday, uh, a couple that had been in our group forever, she came up to me just, you could tell she was a spokesman, and, uh, and she said, Phil, have you ever performed a wedding? I said, no. 
She said, do you want to? I said, be an honor. And it truly was an honor of a lifetime to be asked to perform a wedding for people that we had, we had met, didn't know them before we came there. I wasn't a minister. I was 60 years old, never performed a wedding. But that just tells me the blessing it was for me to love them and for them to love us. And then a second couple that was in our group also asked me to perform their wedding. So I just love that story because not, not because it's anything about me, but just because it shows the heart and the maybe it was maybe it was us, maybe it was them, maybe it was the structure, maybe it's the circumstance in life, but to get to know people and love on them well. So that's my story. Whoop. That was that's my story. Questions, thoughts, comments. Don't have any secrets. I think uh, just as you've been talking all through, uh, one of the things about a new church is you you seek workers. Any church wants workers, but you, you seek workers in a new church. But struggling with that balance of how you started, of how do you be a place that is also there for the broken and the needy? Yeah. And and how do you balance that right. without asking? Every new person that comes in the door, what can you do for us? Right. And, and being conscientious about asking, what can we do for you? Uh -huh. I, I think is a, is kind of a struggle that a new church might need to look out for. I don't know if you've yes. experienced that. Yes. Uh, but I mean, even when you're talking about the the money or, or all those mm -hmm. things, like mm -hmm. not every person that comes in the church has to be the person that's going to help us build our building. No, and can't. So. Y'all hear what he said, and I think it's an excellent point. And it's in any church, maybe more so in a, in a church plant. You've got to figure out, do we help these people or do they help us? And maybe it's some of both, but part of the answer to that is getting to know them. People that are hurting, you can figure it out pretty quick, I think, if you kind of just ask them some questions and get to know them. I don't know about you, we've talked about asking people, how are you today? Most people are going to say, fine. I've gotten to where, especially some that I think may not be, I'll go, I'll look them in the eye and go, how are you really? You ever done that? It's pretty interesting. You better be ready. But most people, if they think you really want to know, they'll tell you, well, I've got this or that. But it's an excellent point. But I think getting to know them. But I will tell you, in helping people, one of the greatest blessings of my life is seeing influence I've had on people. So it's helped me, for sure. Others? Questions? Comments? Thoughts? So I didn't really have a lesson, as you can tell. I just tried to answer the question, what's it like to be an elder at a church plant? And lots of unknowns, lots of blank slates, lots of new, lots of things to figure out. We are. Uh, I will tell you very briefly how that came about. You, you, this was probably scare some of you, maybe all of you. We, we started raising money, and we raised a decent amount of money. I've forgotten the exact number. Several hundred thousand, maybe close to a million. But we knew, like you, it was probably going to take, I think y'all were saying close to four million. We were thinking two and a half or three million back a few years ago. We owned land like you, but we thought, you know, we were at that point of, I'm not sure. Do we get a loan? Do we try to raise more money? We can't raise that much money. We were right in that thing. 
The short story is the school district called us and the Baptist church to a meeting. And they said, literally, Church of Christ, we want you to buy their building. We want to buy your land. And because we own land, and the school district desperately, desperately needed the land, and the Baptists were starting to build a new building down the road, and they were in an existing building. So bottom line is, we bought the old Baptist building, Oakdale Baptist. When I say old, the original building is the 20s, 1920s. It is the stereotypical church. Next to that was a 1970s classroom addition. Next to that was a 20, 2005 sanctuary auditorium. So we bought it. We were able to pay cash for it. It was really a godsend for us because we were in that I don't know what we're going to do. We've been in the, in the school for several years at this point. Like, we cannot stay here forever. Some of us were like, we're definitely ready to be out of the school. <laughs> My wife would say every once in a while, if I have to go to that school building one more time. <laughs> Some of us were finished. So, so uh, anyway, it has been a tremendous, really a blessing from God that we, we got that building. Anything else? Thanks for being here. Appreciate your time.